Heavy metal rock. Oh, oh my. I'm Robert Cavuda from My Global Mind, and today we're speaking with John Waite for the release of his new EP called Anything that came out May 6th, and a new CD coming out this summer called Singles. John, welcome. It's a pleasure to speak with you, and thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. Oh, it's my pleasure. Nice to see you. Nice to see you, too. Literally. You know, I, I only heard the one song, Anything. It, it sounds very personal. Was it written about anybody in particular? Well, they're all written about people I know. You know, everything I've ever written was about what was in front of me. I've never really visualized stuff and put myself in that position. Uh, yeah, it's a very pure song. I, I, I've had it on the back burner for about two years. And uh, I wanted to put something out that was positive. Everybody seems to be, you know, at each other's throats worldwide, in the street, in every city you go to. And uh, I don't think it's the majority. I think it's like just a wild, small percentage of, of us, you know, yeah. But it's, uh, it's trouble. And I just wanted to put something out there that would be for the summer and uh, maybe illuminate somebody's life, you know? Yeah, it's a beautiful song. Really beautiful. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah. you. You know, um, like I said, I only heard the one song. Um, and I was wondering, what's the rest of the, um, the vibe of the rest of the EP? Well, the, the song that follows that is called Lifeguard. And that's really... Um, uh, again, it's the same sort of thing. It's like just laying by the pool and the world is going by and it's a beautiful day and you're with somebody that you really dig and and it's really simple. It's a summer song. Again, I think these first two two songs on the EP are very much for the summer yeah. and not about any kind of darkness. I mean, I made a conscious effort to really do something that was going to be uplifting. The third song, Grenadine, was cut after those other two songs late at night in the studio. One of those things where you have a glass of wine and, and you're just writing, just messing yeah. about. And we got a song and it's like a, almost like a slow blues song live in the studio. And then following that is Darling, which is a song I dug out of some tapes that I, um, I found. Uh, I like the chord changes, so I went back into the studio and, and cut the chord changes, rewrote the lyric, and then, for some reason, spent the next three weeks trying to tinker with it. I brought in different guitar players and uh, played bass, and in the at the end of the day, the engineer played guitar, the acoustic guitar in it. We just I was looking for a certain feel, but that's kind of complex song. It's a story song about Paris. And uh, yeah, and then if you download the four songs, the Anything EP, you get a fifth song, Masters of War, which is Dylan's song. Uh, again, I felt compelled with uh, the news of the world to, to reference that, to have people at least look at the lyric again. I heard that song when I was 14 and it moved me very deeply. It was very articulate. Yeah. Uh, reply to the state of affairs with nuclear war and armies and destruction and genocide and people who make guns for a living you know 
is that the right, what a great line that is people who yeah. make guns for a living <laughs> i mean you just think of things like that but I, I i it's something i'm quite proud of i think i i delivered on it it's a cool song but it's a dark song yeah it's like it's like the cold war all over again from when we were, we were it's, young gonna, it's gonna be uh i think um uh, you know, I've been talking politics all week, so I I want to get off the soapbox. I do, but it's yeah. kind of like it's just like, what's the point? You know, <laughs> yeah, aren't we further down the road? Uh, don't we understand each other more than that? Are we that scared of each other? Are you that brutal? Are you that heartless? Is that what you do? Make guns for a living? You know, I mean, it's like, fuck you. You know, terrible. I I don't disagree with you. I, I agree with your sentiment exactly. I do. Yeah. I do. Yeah. Um, you know, the one thing that impressed me the most about the one song I heard was your voice. It's as crisp and has the same clarity it did from I Ain't Missing You back in the day. What's your secret? Well, I roll my own cigarettes <laughs> and I only smoke um, uh, organic tobacco and I only smoke like four cigs a day. Uh, apart from that, I don't warm up. Yeah. I, I, I think it's just supremely confident. At this point in my life, I know exactly what I'm doing. And so far, it's never let me down. You know, we did a gig the other day in Kansas City. <clears throat> I'd had some, I had an operation on my eyes and um, I was wearing dark glasses. And after the second operation in four days, uh, I got on a plane and flew to Kansas City. And I was really shaky. You know, I didn't, I didn't know if I could get through the gig and I get telling the band look if we get up there and I lose it you know just play a guitar solo put a drum solo <laughs> do anything do anything to cover I was that sure that I was it was 50 50 getting through the set yeah. and we hit the first song and it was all there I mean you I don't know I, it's one of those foolish things to count on it because the moment you count on something like that it, it doesn't show up right right the voice is a very feminine thing. If you treat it badly, it ignores you. <laughs> and then it'll move out and walk away and you'll never see it again. So I, I respect it in as much as that I try and sleep as much as I can on the road. And, you know, a glass of wine, not on the road, maybe the last day after the last show or something. But everything is, um, you know, the whole reason for going out there and getting on that plane and going through security and all that kind of stuff is the show and people bought tickets and they expect something phenomenal right, right. and uh, or if it means me just being careful and not beating myself up or drinking lots of water that's that's my part of the deal you know that's great you sound fantastic um you also have a um a cd coming out this summer called singles i don't really know too much about it tell me about that well, it, well there's already a, a greatest hits out called best and that's been out for like four or five years mm -hmm. and it's got everything on it uh, isn't it time and uh, a duet with Alison Krauss on Missing You? There's a lot of stuff on it that's really great, but it, it needs updating. And so I was trying to think of a way I could put something new out with those songs plus, you know, anything on it. And uh, some of the songs that have come out in the interim period that have done very well. So I just rejigged it, really. It was a case of like, let's put something out. And I reviewed what was out there. So it's got a lot of tracks on it and uh, some bonus tracks and stuff. It's good. I mean, it's, I, we're just finishing the artwork now. So it'll be out. I think it'll be out by the time we hit the summer. Oh, that's great. 
That is fantastic. You know, talking about some of the songs and your personality of writing songs, songs are written in different ways for different purposes based upon your frame of mind. Do you find yourself creating something adequate one day and then suddenly something very special the next? Yeah, I, I, I don't record anything that I don't think is great. I think in my life, there might be a two bad English songs that I just would, you know, like to see never existed. Uh, and maybe two baby songs. But in my, in my um, solo career, it's solo. So I'm not wanting to compromise to make the whole thing work. Yeah. So everything I, I put out, I really mean it. I, there are some songs that are just magical, but to me, they wouldn't be magical unless they were next door to the, another song that's maybe in another direction. Yeah. When you put an album together, it's like putting a jigsaw puzzle and you don't really know what you've got. So you see the last piece goes in and you go like, oh, that's what I meant. And, um, you, I could, I could take the same ten songs, and record them next year, and they'd sound differently. It's, it's all about growing up and and being articulate in what happens to you and how you see it. You know. Yeah. What was the reason for just doing the EP versus a full a full album of a new material? Well, I had those songs, and I knew they were going to work, and I'd put out a, a three CD acoustic record. Mm -hmm last year called Wooden Heart. And there was uh, a couple of new songs on that. There was Dylan's um, Not Dark Yet. So I'd gone out there. I really had, I'd, I'd really put out some stuff that I really believed in. But I find these days with the internet, you put out 12 songs and it's gone. It's gone in a week. Your hardcore fan base loves it. You might get a song in a TV show. You might go number one on radio and then the world moves on. And it's kind of like, you know, hey, come back. I haven't finished. This is good. Listen to this again. Yeah. But the world has changed and the way people experience music has changed. So I firmly believe in doing four or five songs and hitting people like Punch and Jab, but, you know, Duck and Dive and, Mark. you know, that it works. And the pressure of those extra five songs, which for any band is always the problem. You know, the babies, you know, you get the first five songs down and you think, this is great. And then somebody would say, yes, but we need another five. <laughs> and then you kind of go to the pub, you know, it's like, yeah. oh, really? And um, so yeah, I think I think putting out four or five songs at a time is the way to go. I think I'm very happy doing that. Good. Sounds, sounds like a smart perspective and strategy. I like it. Yeah, well, I think it's a two-way street. I think people get the music more and they're not overwhelmed and they they kind of five songs man it's a lot you know it's each song's about four minutes so it's you know it's like if i go back and listen to hendrix or bob dylan i might only play five songs in the car and then i, I want to play some classical or i want to do this you know mm -hmm. i think at five songs 25 minutes to half an hour that's a lot for people yeah no, I think it's fantastic. I think it's a great idea. You know, I mean, we, we spoke many years ago um, and uh, you talked to me about I Ain't Missing You that was written in a taxi cab, I believe. Um, was there any song that came to you off of these EP that came to you like a gift from above? Well, yeah, Grenadine. Yeah. It seems to be a, 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 a very personal song to a lot of people. And it was a complete mistake. Me and Anthony Chrysan, my... Uh, collaborator on this was um, 
we were just finished. We'd done, uh, like I said, anything and uh, lifeguard. And we just sat there in his studio, Boom Studios in New Jersey. And uh, wow, wow. I, was, I was playing the bass and he's playing the guitar. And it was like, I noticed the other day, I was playing it in the dressing room. And it's got the same chord changes as isn't it time. It's like G, uh, B, uh, F, C. Um, and that's isn't it time. So I guess there's only so many bullets in the gun, but it, it's a beautiful song. And it, it's uh, the fact that it's called grenadine, the color of grenadine on your lips, the, the, the color of grenadine I seem to miss so much. It's, it's like, it's lipstick, you know? Yeah. And you don't just say it's lipstick, you know, it's, uh, it's the color of wine too. So it can be a lot of, it's, uh, it's a very late night song, but that came out of nowhere. A lot of good songs do. That sounds awesome. You know, I, 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 that sounds really good. Where in New Jersey? I'm in New Jersey too. Oh, uh, um, Bowling Green. Um, what's this town next to it? Um, Plainfield. No, um, Plainfield. Oh yeah, I'm like, I can throw a rock and hit Plainfield from where I live, that's funny. Well, be careful you don't hit somebody that I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Boom, Boom Studios, I mean, Anthony is like a, a master guitar player. I mean, he really <laughs> yeah. is brilliant. And I've known him for 25 years. We, yeah. we get together every blue moon and write something really great. You know, we'd probably write all the time if I lived in on the East Coast, you know? Yeah, you gotta come out more often, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah how would you describe yourself as a lyricist? You've always written some amazing songs. Well, thank you. Um, I don't know. I, I, if I'm reading a book uh, and I, I hit a sentence, I, I can see it as poetry or, or as that's good. You know, that's clever. That's, that says something that's, that means two different things at once mm -hmm. without not meaning one truthfully. That it's, it's like... A, I, I, it's deeply personal, really. Uh, but the less thing is more. Um, sometimes you hear people overdo it. I always try to be um, economic. But I, I, even saying that, I don't know. I write things down and uh, never use them. And then when I'm just winging it on the mic, they'll come out the back of my head. Yeah. I don't really have. Do you know, I've got, I've got notebooks all over the house um, and like pens and I've got things pinned on the wall. I've got this beautiful thing here. Hey, dig this. I read this in a book, Mark Twain, right? Yep. It said, it's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. And yep. I, I read that and I thought, well, that's brilliant. You know, and I wrote it down and stuck it on the wall. But um, I read a lot and uh, I really have gigantic respect for writers. I mean, I, I actually started to write uh, short stories this year and um, it's something I'm very interested in. It, it just flowed. It just yeah. flowed, you know? It wasn't forced. And at the end, it had this payoff. I obviously have this sort of further thing to do with my life and it might not be music. It might be writing short stories, you know? Yeah, that's great. That is fantastic. Um, are you always the type of guy that has always has ideas floating around in his head? Is everything yeah. just constantly swirling around and you just got to yeah. pull it out? Yeah. Incredible. I mean, there isn't any relief from it. Even when you, I dream every night. Yeah. I, you know, I just said we came back from the road and I was beaten. I slept 18 hours and I had three separate dreams that were so vivid. 
you know, my hometown comes into it a lot or New York City, but my mind is always kind of working. I mean, I could be walking down the street and I'm rereading Moby Dick at the moment. And um, I'll be thinking about Ishmael. I'll be thinking about, I'll be thinking about something that's been put out there because that's, that book is loaded from every angle. It means it's biblical. I mean, it's just incredibly intense and um, there's nothing snotty about it or intellectual. It's just a a profound, well-written essay on life and, and what we are and why we do what we do and pursue what we do and blame, hatred, just, you know, injury. It's a tremendous book and it's so beautiful. So you're walking down the street and it's like, oh, you're thinking about, you know, Starbuck. You're thinking about Ishmael. You're thinking about the crew, you know, and it's like, and some of the things that are said and exchanged. And then you see a deeper meaning in it, you know, because it's obviously come back to question you, you know. Yeah. Um, but I get that reading the paper. Yeah, the <laughs> newspaper. You sometimes read something and laugh out loud. Um, I got, like, apart from that, I got, like, Hunter S. Thompson's Hell's Angels, mm-hmm. you know, another funny, great, articulate reading piece, you know, whatever. Yeah, that's great. You know, you, you talked about the tour. You got a tour coming up May 27th. Um, tell me a little bit about that. How's that? Well, I don't know which which tour you mean, because they've got me going out. I'm going to Reno tomorrow to play in a casino, two shows. Then I come back. Then we got like five days off. Then we go out again. And then somewhere in the middle of it all, uh, uh, I go on the road with Rick Springfield and Men at Work. Yes. For the whole of the summer. You know, it's like, really? You know, uh, but I just did a gig at the Indy 500 last week with... uh, the Kings of Chaos, which was uh, Matt Sorum yes. from Guns N' Roses and uh, Gilby Clark yep. and, uh, and guest singers. And I was one of them. You know, I mean, I seem to have changed gears. And uh, there's a documentary coming out at the end of the year, full scale, you know, big budget documentary. And that's coming called The Hard Way. And um, it's a very truthful look at my life. And no holes barred, two-fisted wow. documentary. So I didn't expect to see this coming, but since coming out of COVID, everything has, has sped up. And um, I have to put my uh, skates on and, and just get into it and go. You know? Yeah, it's good that you're keeping busy. That's the most important thing, right? Yeah, well, after, two, after a year and a half of uh, staring at the wall and not, do, you know, drinking gallons of red wine and thinking I'll do it tomorrow, you know, you think, well, it's time to go back to work, you know. But we did start work last um, July. We were doing, like, uh, some corporate stuff, um, private gigs, and then, bit by bit, we started honouring the dates that we had to put aside because of COVID. And so we'd be out for three weeks, you know, one minute just sitting there on the couch going like, oh, no, you know. It's Groundhog Day, you know? Yeah. It's just another day like it was yesterday. <laughs> and then the next thing, you're in a, you're, you're a week into a tour and you're sitting in a first-class seat, thank God, reading a book at 60,000 feet. And you think, how did I get here? But <laughs> it's, it's, it's my life, you know? It's yeah. my life. It's what I do. No, that's fantastic. Um, 
do you think there's a resurgence among people nowadays with music from the 80s? Because I think it seems to be coming back in full force. Well, I think there's a lot of melody in the 80s. Yes, I agree. I think uh, uh, there was Springsteen and there was U2 and there was Tracy Chapman and there was, you know, all this stuff that happened in the 80s. It, it was the time when R&B melded with rock. Uh, rap started to evolve into the mainstream, which was going to change music drastically mm-hmm. with the Beastie Boys and stuff in the years to come. But... Um, I wasn't really looking around me. I never really look at the competition because I don't have any. I just don't. I mean, I do what I do and I'm not really interested in what's selling or not selling. It doesn't interest me. It just doesn't. My head's in a different place. I will say, I think the seventies were more important and the babies were, were raging in the seventies. And isn't it time and back on my feet again, midnight rendezvous. Every time I think of you head first, all those songs, that was the 70s. Yeah. And then people look at me after all of that. And because they're missing you, they say, oh, yeah, these are the 80s. <laughs> and, uh, and I pushed a lot of it away. I just went my own direction. Yeah. And uh, But the 90s were when I came back full force. I made a record called Temple Bar after Bad English. And that was, that was a big record. That was like something I'd been waiting all my life to make and didn't wow. have the ability to do it. And my age and my experience and my certainty was so on that I made that record. And it's like 25 years ago, but it's the best record I ever made. Wow. And um, yeah, but uh, so I can't go with it. I mean, I know what you're saying. Somebody, I did an interview yesterday about that. And they're saying, the 80s, man, it's coming. Oh, yeah, this is great. I don't know. Maybe it is, but it, uh, I, you know, I don't, I don't compartmentalize music. I could be listening to Eric Sarty one minute, Jimi Hendrix the next, and, you know, iced tea. You know, I, I just don't care. I just yeah. listen to what moves me, you know? I'm all about melody, so I love anything with a great hook. That's, yeah. that's what's important to me. Good rhythm. Well, you know, and a good yeah, rhythm. yeah, no, I agree. I agree. That's really, you know, and the, people were going for the throat. In the uh, in the eighties, it was when big business started to really kick in. Yeah. So you had to be on your game. Yeah. Do you still do you still enjoy when people come up to you and tell you how important? Yeah. You know, uh, missing missing you was. Yeah, I mean, I'm very touched. I always spend time with people when they come up and say hello. I don't go like, yeah, yeah, man, and, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I really do. I I look them in the eyes and I talk to them, and we do a meet and greet at the shows. And I don't wheel people through. I talk to them for maybe five minutes. Yeah. And uh, there's nothing really wonderful about that. It's just that I'm very honored. I'm flattered. And I can see in their eyes that it means so much to them. Yeah. And I wouldn't be having that conversation with them today if they hadn't bought the record. I might be working in a a newspaper shop or in a pet shop or, you know, (laughs) in the road somewhere. I mean, I might be doing, I owe the public everything I am. And if somebody comes up to me and says, John, this, i got to tell you this album, and it isn't just missing you. There's all these other songs, you know, it's like, and it, it means that in somewhere in my day, I'd written something and somebody understood it. Yep. And if, if for, even if for one time in your life, somebody says they understand you, that's a massive thing. Yeah. That's a, not just saying it for the sake of it, but you can tell when people tell you that something's moved them. So I'm deeply, uh, I'm honored. I really am. 
Yeah. You know, that's like a time traveling experience. Every time it comes on the radio, yeah. I am instantly teleported back to college yeah. and the girl I was seeing in college and going through what we were going through at the time. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. The smell, everything, it comes all back yeah. instantly. Yeah. It's absolutely incredible. And it's a well, I get the same thing with other songs. You know, I mean, I, I when I hear somebody's song that was really some of the songs by Free, the old British band, you know, yeah. or Hendrix or... You know, just and even more contemporary things. Tracy Chapman, Fast Car. I mean, right. songs that have just really became part of your life, you know. They really did. Yeah, it was a soundtrack to our lives, you know, that song. Really truly is. Very impressive. Well, I want to thank you so much for your time. I wish you the success with the EP. And I'm thank looking you. forward to getting it and hearing it in the the C D singles when it comes out. So I will yeah. definitely yeah. looking forward to it. Well, I'm, i it's very early for me. And this is my fourth cup of coffee. Uh, <laughs> but I enjoyed talking to you. It was yeah, a, I enjoyed talking. Is that a boy howdy mug? It is. But Tim Hogan, my bass player. Yeah. 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 That's uh, pretty cool. Is that retro or is that like new? No, it's, it's my bass player, Tim, sent me it. But on the back, it's got like a more modern logo, yeah. which, which pisses me off. Because I'd rather be looking at a Robert Crumb cartoon when I'm drinking than you looking at it and me not getting the picture. <laughs> Unless, of course, I was left-handed. Yes, you should hold the lefty, right? Then I would be looking at Boy Howdy. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, Tim sent me it for, uh, for a gift. We drink a lot of coffee on the road. That's awesome, awesome. Well, I appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. It was a real pleasure, very insightful to speak with you today. Thank I enjoyed you. it. I enjoyed it so much. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Heavy metal rock. Oh, oh my.